how you can't rush baking a cake. There's a process to negotiating and if you rush it, you're actually going to make a lot of mistakes. So it's as quickly as the process will allow us to. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Hey, Marco here. I really wanted to share with you our earlier podcasts that we created. Now, our mics were not the best, but the content was really strong. And I know you will learn a lot. We had an absolute blast recording this, and I know you're absolutely going to love it as much as we loved recording it. This extremely content-rich information will not only give you the edge in your real estate investing business, but in everyday life. Enjoy. Alrighty, welcome back to another episode. Today, we're going to discuss due diligence and when should you do it, and pouncing, the art of pouncing, which are tied to doing due diligence at the right time and the wrong time. Uh, most people, before they buy anything, they want to make sure everything's perfect. They look at the location, they, they have a spreadsheet. Why are you looking uh, at me? Measure, they measure yeah, the light spreadsheet. The they look at you know school district, they look at this, they look at that. Mm -hmm. look, you know, they, they have this whole list of, a checklist of things that must align or forget it. You know? uh, yeah. Okay, well, my defense, because I know what you guys are thinking, and let's just let it out. Yes, that, that was me five, six years ago, and I did have spreadsheets, and I had many of them, and, and you know, other than aerial maps and drone Which space you have satellite things that do. But yes, Tapped I went into NASA. And you know where that comes from? It, it comes from me, which is with my experience, by my own personal home. Yes. Is when I buy my personal home, I wanted to see, you know, the neighborhood, who the neighbors are, what's around me, what kind of school is it? How far is the school? Is there transportation to the school? Is there a school bus or is there, is there a bus? Is there what color is the bus? <laughs> you know, if there is a bus, how often does it come? Is it coming every half hour or is it more frequent? Who drives the bus? Is there noise during the day? Is there traffic, high traffic count on a, on a major artery? So I was looking at all these. Yeah, I was. Jesus Christ. And actually, I was looking at the How long does he get to find a house? Huh? Well, I was, I, you know, I even looked at the position of the, of the, of the house. No, I, I did. I did do sun because I wanted sun throughout the day. You shitting me? No, I was not. I did look this at This is that. news to us, but No, right? only because I want I live in Canada. So oh, we didn't know that. I, so is the sun different so, there? Well no the sun's not different. It's the same, but it's colder. Okay. The rays don't quite get there. So in the winter what happens is and I had this with my other house. I noticed um, with my parents' house is the the people across the street, the snow would melt, you know, even if you shovel a little bit, the snow would melt quicker on that side, on the driveway and on the walkway, only because like, they had sun on that side. And it makes a big impact here. Wow. So I would buy a house that's north-south direction. How is that possible? So, <laughs> what do you mean? North, north, you, have your, you have your back. You have the, the back of the house. I held it by north-south-east-west directionally. Houses. Basically, it can't be an east and west. You know what, exactly what I'm talking about. If the face has to be an east or west, I mean, uh, sorry, a, a north or south. So if I have my house, that so it has to face north or face south. Exactly. It this way, you're going to get the sun. Here's the house. You're going to get the sun on in the front and the back throughout the whole day. Gotcha. Okay. So anyways, going beyond that. Yes. I, Fancy. I, I did deep dive into due diligence on crime rates and things like that before I pulled the trigger. And I before you even made an offer. Before yeah. I even made an offer. Actually, before, before you I even made a phone call. Before you even made the phone call. <laughs> right. Actually, so, before I even sent the email, actually, it's just terrible. Yes. Um, well, well, let's... But that's it, okay. Is it terrible? It, well, let's discuss, that's the whole point of this discussion. Yeah, is, yeah. is it terrible? Because that's what most people would do, right? Exactly. You would call up an agent. You haven't 
listen to the episode or watch the episode or experience the episode where, you know, the typical mistakes that people make before they buy, please listen to that either before you finish this or right after. Because what most people do is they call an agent, they get a list of properties that are within the budget, and then they do a whole lot of research, just like you did, Frank. You went a little above and beyond, a little bit uh, just anal. Like that. that's, a, that's I call that analyzing, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're having all this data and before you even make an offer, so you make, uh, before you even make a phone call, you know, see if it's even for sale still, right? So what's the challenge with that? So what's the big issue with doing that? And there's nothing wrong with doing those things. The question is, is that the right time to do those things? Well, you're wasting a lot of time. That's really what's happening. Well, why are you wasting time? Because Because if you have to do it anyway, why not do it up front? Because if you do it up front while you're doing that, someone else might come and scoop up the property. So if it's a good deal because they're motivated and they're going through a divorce and they're relocating and the one lost their job and they're, you know, they're going through a lawsuit at the same time. They're under huge financial stress. They have all these D's and they just want to dump the property while Frank is checking, you know, the inverse hyperbolic cotangent of the square root of the sun rotation. And, you know, uh, you know, how many, how many uh, cardinal points uh, it's facing uh, (laughs) and what the traffic count during that time Gabriel over here will be pouncing and making an offer on the property beforehand because he knows that once it's under contract, he can then then do all those things. And then sell it to Frank. (laughs) For For top dollar. That's right. For top dollar. So speed of implementation is extremely important. And there's a time and a place to do due diligence. It's like a kiss. If I meet someone on the street and just start kissing them, I'm going to get arrested or punched in the face or both. Or both. And I would hope both, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not the right time to do that. So understand that there's a time and a place that those things should be done. So in our opinion, because this is just the way we do things, is we make as many offers on properties first, get it tied up under contract, and then do all the due diligence. We don't even look at a property until it's under contract. And that's a big pushback point for sellers and agents. How could you possibly even put a property under contract without even seeing it? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Like, don't you want to see this thing before you buy it? Don't you want to take a look at it? And the answer is yes. We do want to see it before we buy it. Just but now. we're just not going to see it until we have it under contract. Because mm-hmm. the last thing you want to do is go physically visit a property. And by the time you come back, it's under contract with someone else. What have you wasted? you wasted time. And money. And money. The money you can get back, but the time has gone forever. That time could be used. Again, I'm, I'm going to assume that you only have 15-minute increments to do this as a side hustle. And if I only have 15 minutes, I don't have the time to go see the property yet until I can dedicate that 15 minutes to doing the due diligence or checking out the property or having someone that's local check the property for me that will know the property way better than me, like a property management company, an inspector. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, today we have an, ins- or was it yesterday? yesterday. We, have an inspe- yesterday. we had an inspection on a property, a hotel that we're buying or might buy in, you know, in another state that's 1,500 miles away from here. East of um, the Mississippi? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, actually that was west of the Is Mississippi. It? No, yeah, it touches the Mississippi. It it's one of those it. states that touches it. But it's, we're not, we haven't seen it yet. No, and, and you shouldn't go see it because we're not, unless you're in that field and, and, and unless you got to tie it up because you, you're going to be looking at cosmetic. Like, not for anything. I look at the cosmetic. Look at the walls look nice. Look at the cracks. All the fans look nice. But we're not looking at the mechanicals. We're not looking at, we're not experts in that. So you're hurting yourself and you're wasting your time when you can get a professional doing it. And you know what? I did waste a good seven months at a lot of properties that we went through that I analyzed. Mm-hmm. And in there, I'm, I'm certain if I can 
you know, go back in time. I'm certain there was a few deals in there that I could have bounced on. hundred percent. Sure. That I could have bounced agreed. on that I didn't because I, whatever, it, it wasn't procrastination. It was just, I wanted to know all this info before I did make that initial phone call or I did make that initial email yeah. uh, to the broker seller. And, and yeah, I kicked myself over it, but you know what? I can't keep looking in the rear view mirror. It happened to happen. If you keep and looking back, you're going to hurt your neck. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, or you're going to, but you learn yeah. from it and, and now you don't do that anymore. And then once I get on the contract, I still don't look at it until we do certain yeah. steps and, and that's verifying the income. Income. Because in the end, that's what we're buying. We're, we're buying, buying the income. income. We, we express this in a different way. We're buying the income. Income first. So first we negotiate price without a ton of due diligence based on value. And I'm going to say this again, based on value. Mm -hmm. You should be always negotiating based on value, not location or condition yet. Obviously, the, the condition will have an effect on the value as it is now. But we want to know what the actual value of the property is. So if the comparable sales are 200000 500000 then we know it's worth about two or five or a million or whatever the comparables are mm -hmm. or whatever the income it generates based on value, actual today's value of the property. And we're going to get a discount from that. And then we're going to tie it up as quickly as we can based on a value play. First, we want to buy at, we want to generate value by discounting the property as, as well as we can. I say as quickly as possible, but at the same time, you can't rush baking a cake. There's a process to negotiating, and if you rush it, you're actually gonna make a lot of mistakes. So it's as quickly as the process will allow us to. Right. Then we tie it up, and then we do our due diligence. Before you get to the due diligence, the reason we say tie it up is because once it's under contract, even if Frank has finished doing all his analyzation, and he shows up and offers the seller $50,000 more than what we have it under contract. It's under contract. They are not allowed to sell that to Frank, even if he gives them 50, 100. He 200. shows up with a you know, rings truck full of gold. It's not happening. The, we are in control of the property from the moment we tie it up. And that's, that's what you want. You want to have control over the rest of the process. Right. And you don't need a lot of money to tie up a property. In fact, you can have the the deposit do whenever you choose. Our agreements, most agreements are you have to put in like a hundred bucks. bucks or you know a thousand or you could, you could put a small amount like that or you could have the deposit due 10 days after financial inspection. Like there's, you can really delay when, if you have no money or financially challenged. You can split it up. It, it, on, some money it, now, some money later. Yeah. There's a caveat to this. This is if you're using your own contract because again, you're, they're going to want to have you use their contract. If you're using your own contract, which we highly recommend, then you can do these things because you're writing up the, you're basically making the rules. Yeah. And having the right contract is, is extremely important. So uh, having the right contract allows you to literally, like a shark, bite on a property, see if it makes sense, if it passes the sniff test, because it might look great and then you get there and it doesn't even exist. I, we've seen that happen, yeah. <laughs> where it's a complete scam. It looks great. They send you financials and you send someone there and it's a piece of land. It's just someone, it's a scam out of, I don't know where. And the property's really not there. But And we have a contract, but so what? You know, we spit it out and we go on to the next one. We didn't lose any, we didn't lose any money and we actually saved time because we only sent someone there after we had it under contract just to protect our position if it is a good deal. It's way better to do that than do what our friend over here was doing, which is doing due diligence and a, an advanced deep dive yep. on 100 properties to realize that 50 or 60 of them were no longer available or terrible deals. Yep. And so that's 
time he can never get back. And we want to invest our time wisely and not spend our time. And doing due diligence after it's tied up is really important. And uh, the order that I recommend is first check financials, then check condition, and, and then management. If the condition is terrible, you're not going to get managers in to take a look at the property. If, the, if it checks out on the finances, it checks out on the condition, the condition is decent, then I'll get property management in to see, and I'll get multiple bids on property management to see which one will give me the best possible deal and which one has the most experience and is not going to fleece me because we can discuss getting a good property management team in and understanding the pitfalls of that. That could yeah, be a whole episode. Uh, yeah, we should, should have a whole, that, that. Actually, yeah. we'll, we'll, we will yeah. uh, have a whole episode on it. So I think that would be a tremendous value to, to you mm-hmm. as a listener. So, yeah. So due diligence. Yeah, tie it up. Do you want to go into, do you want to do, okay, when you tie it up with our paperwork and you start to due diligence or you check out the financials, you're saying it's step number one. If the financials check out, then you're going to actually have someone go out and do a physical inspection. Yes. Someone that's experienced to know and know what they're looking at not just looking at the paint and saying okay nice drywall looks good and yeah. floors look good no we're talking uh, roof mechanicals foundation yeah, yeah the ac unit everything the, yeah. the boiler and, 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 and electric yeah and now plumbing. tying it up doesn't mean you have to buy it and that's i think there's some fear out there that you know i would want to get into a contract because then i'm committed well that's not true you're not committed especially if your paperwork is written correctly you should have at least seven different ways of getting out and that's usually the case. So when Marco was mentioning that it's like a shark where you bite and then you can see if it passes the sniff test. Well, if it doesn't, you, you don't have to buy it. That's the, the release part of the catch. So catch and release, you can release. And if it does pass the sniff test and it's, it's good, then you buy it up. Then you tie it up. Do you want to get into the paperwork? Like some of our paperwork has certain language on, we can. on the due diligence. We can do that on another episode. Okay. Yeah, yeah, let's fine. do that on another episode. So stay tuned for that. But also that's noteworthy is if you have tied it up and there's something that you, it's an area that you don't like, or there's some unethical things that are going on, or the location is a little bit more rough than yeah, you would like. It's, it's just not the area that you would want to send your daughter in at one o'clock in the morning to go collect rent. That's kind of my sniff test for me. Mm-hmm. I don't want any properties because eventually my kids will inherit these properties. Mm-hmm. And I, if they choose to go collect rent, if that's, I would Forbidden. never tell them to do that. <laughs> but if they did choose to do that and, you know, that she would have to pack, you know, a nine millimeter in order to go collect rent. I don't want that for any of my family. So I wouldn't subject a manager to that either no. uh, necessarily. We usually send Frank. Yeah. Well, he can handle it. Yeah, that's what I mean. But, but he's small, but he's scrappy. Yeah. <laughs> the point is I could wholesale that property now. I have it under contract. I could actually turn that, that now I don't want it, but it has value to somebody else. I've discounted the right price. It, it makes the right amount of money. It's the right condition. It's I just don't want it in my portfolio. I could sell that contract to someone else and make cash out of it as a byproduct. We have a whole episode on this. It allows you to make some cash while you're finding the right deal for what you're looking for. And it puts some, you know, a few a few bucks in your pocket so you can, you know, do well. So you're taking the things that you want. You're more or less biting on the things that make sense or seem to make sense. You're letting go of the garbage and you're either going to buy and make money on a monthly basis on the, on the properties you do close on, or you're going to wholesale the ones that for whatever reason, don't match in your, are not aligned with the values or not aligned with the check marks to go into your portfolio for long-term, long-term wealth. And that's fine. You can wholesale those and make some cash and move on to the next one and use that money to put, you know, do whatever you want with it. Go to Vegas, bet all in black, whatever you want, hookers and blow, whatever you're into. Ultimately, it's, it's your money. You can do what you want with it, which, which is cool. So to recap, 
When do you do due diligence? Do you do it up at the beginning like Frank did? Or do you do well, it after? It's, again, it's pound, the whole thing is pouncing on these, trying to get yeah, it tied up. good deal. And then you have a great saying. So you shoot, then aim. Speed and of I was aiming, you know, I had my gears, whatever. But, and doing that, you're going to miss a few opportunities that you wish you had. Yeah. So and, tie and up the that. property, then you do your due diligence. And if it passes the test, you can buy it. If it doesn't pass the test, then you can either wholesale it. And if that doesn't work, then you can release it. And make sure that you've negotiated properly to have the numbers make sense before you actually tie it up. And contract. maybe just to continue on that, actually, it's a good point. So also tying it up doesn't mean that you have to buy it for that agreed upon price. So let's say you do get into the inspection process and there are some things that need that require fixing that you weren't told. You can either release the contract, but you can also go back to the seller and say, hey, you know, you lied. You, well, you lied or you didn't tell us this. Mm. This is what came up. We're going to have to fix this. It's going to cost us X dollars more. We don't want a discount on this property. And, and then you may re-enter into an amended agreement with a new price and then you can buy it. Or I mean, have them fix it. Or have them fix it. Yeah. yeah. There's so many solutions. Yeah. But it all starts with tying it up. That's the most important part because then you have control. Exactly right. Because when you tie it up in the end, you technically have a beneficial interest in that property. Mm -hmm. And even if, okay, based on what you said before, even if you, you tied it up because mm -hmm. I was analyzing my material and then I went back to the seller just say Marco's a seller so you tied it up with uh, Marco I go back to Marco and I offer $50,000 more mm -hmm. and then he tries to sell it to me yeah you, because you have that agreement that's signed you have technically a beneficial interest in that particular mm -hmm. property and if Marco tries to circumvent uh, Gabe and trying to sell it to me well he has remedies now yeah he's and we're not going to get into that now but no. he has remedies yeah. now yeah. to go after Marco all you got to remember myself. is that tying it up equals control. And when you have control of a property, it makes your process a lot simpler. You, you, you can do what you need to do when you need to do it. Control in time. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and lowers your risk. And there's so many, you have a lot more options and exits as well. Yeah. So pounce. So it's ready, fire, aim, fire. Mm -hmm. So ready, fire, and then aim again, and then fire again, and then just keep doing that until you actually hit the target. Yeah. And you want to also play with as many properties at the same time as possible, not just focus on one property. Mm -hmm. You want to make as many offers as you can. I believe we have a few episodes on that, yeah. making sure that your net is, is wide and not just focusing on one deal at a time, but multiple properties. Mm -hmm. And doing due diligence on multiple at the same time doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You're wasting time that you can never get back. So hopefully that was very helpful. And that is due diligence before or after. That is the question. See you on the next episode. If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to getdealsbytuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, this course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to GetDealsByTuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.